everyone. My name is Marielle, and I am the founder of Travel Experiences Reimagined, the podcast for travel enthusiasts, wanderlusts, and adventure seekers, craving to learn more about tours and excursions from all over the world through the eyes of a new tour guide or host each episode. Hi, everyone. When you think of running and starting a business, what comes to mind? Money? Time? Energy? An idea to even begin? Did you ever think about location or even starting a business in a new country? On today's episode, my guest Alex has an impressive resume of owning her own business called The Sophisticated Geek, a flash mob project, but most importantly, the one we'll get into on today's episode is her walking tour, where she takes business tourists, entrepreneurs, and digital nomads to learn more about talent from a business perspective to help and guide them to start a business in talent Estonia. Welcome, Alex. Did I miss anything? Um, yes, actually. I have two businesses. One is the Sophisticated Geek, which is a digital agency. And the other one is Vitruvian Vision, which is an NGO that organizes the Flashmob project. But both of my businesses are currently collaborating on the NGO project. So it wasn't entirely wrong. But the Sophisticated Geek is not the Flashmob project. Gotcha. No, I meant to say it as two separate, but I'm glad you clarified. So thank you so much. And I'm so excited to have you on our episode today. It's going to be really fun. I'm really excited to talk about this because I've never heard of this before on um, this particular type of tour. So I'm really excited to get in. I always love to start off every episode with a little bit of a background to learn, have you lived in other places, knowing other languages, other jobs that you've had, just to give the listeners a little bit of an idea of who you are. Obviously, I was born in Austria, so I'm a German speaker. Um, I have lived so far in Germany, Austria, the UK for various years and lived and worked there and studied uh, France, Spain for a short period of time, and now Estonia, which is an entirely different language. Wow, that's amazing. So after all these travels of all these different countries and places you've been, what made you decide to stay in Estonia? Estonia was... First of all, I'm not going to stay. That's not for sure, at least. I decided to come here because of Estonia's reputation as a uh, as the Silicon Valley of Europe. So um, it used to be Berlin, but in recent years, Estonia has sort of built a name as like the place where you know unicorns get built and um, everything is highly digital and entrepreneurial. And the decision to come to Estonia came um, as the result of me doing research. Um, so I, I was in Austria. I was kind of stuck. And I was looking for exchange and funding opportunities. And there's something called Erasmus Plus for young entrepreneurs. So there's one for students that everybody knows about, but very few people know that there's one for entrepreneurs as well. So if you write a business plan and you intend to found a business, then you have the opportunity to go to another EU country funded by the EU and exchange with local entrepreneurs. And um, I was looking at specifically at countries that uh, had a high level of digital and uh, art. And there were only three countries, basically, that I didn't know of left over by the time I'd done my research. And that was Cyprus, Malta, and Estonia. And Cyprus and Malta are a bit tricky because they're islands and I had friends there and they all discouraged me to go there. And I was like, Estonia sounds really exciting because how how come a former Soviet country is this digital and this modern and this creative? It just all doesn't go together. But it, from what I read, it was perfect. So I thought, okay, let's give it a try and let's go there for half a year. 
And if it works out, I will found a business there. And that's what I did. Wow. Congratulations. I think that's such an accomplishment to not only move to a new country, but to also have your own business and start your own business. So I really commend you for that. And in terms of Estonia and that charm and that spark, why do you think so many people are wanting to flock to Estonia to want to start a company? Is it easier laws? Is it better for, you know, for foreigners to go? Is it better visa situation? Why is it such a a place to go that's considered Silicon Valley for people to check it out and want to start a business? The visa situation is one thing for some countries at least. And the other one, I mean, for me, it wasn't an issue because I'm European and this is a European country. So we're free to move within the EU. That's like one of the basic laws as an is- uh, for EU citizens. So you're free to to travel within those 27 countries. Um, the other thing, the main reason why people want to start a company in Estonia or start like um, a subsidiary in Estonia um, or just generally want to come to Estonia is that it has a couple of schemes like the e-residency that make it fairly easy to start a company and get a visa in the long run. It's like a first step. It's not a visa. It's not a, allowing you to stay but it gives you a certain system, a certain digital system that is simple, easy to set up, easy to access. And uh, then the other thing is, yes, the, the laws uh, or say the mm, conditions for doing business here are beneficial for two types of, of entrepreneurs or, or business people, I would say. The one type is the one that is very rich already and isn't satisfied with paying like 6 to 12%, which would be the optimized tax rate in Switzerland or Germany. But I, I do have clients like that, but not a lot. Um, and the other group would be people who are either very young or are trying to start their first business. And for that, it's very, very easy to set up here. It's very cheap. And the tax rate for and only for what you effectively take out after every th- all the all the costs have been deducted uh, is twenty percent on dividends and that's it. And there are ways here, like things you can do in Estonia that are not legal in Germany or Austria, um, because Germany and Austria need taxes, and they basically like they really need them. And it's traditionally very tax intensive country, so they try to bar all efforts for people to, you know, just get away cheaply. In Estonia, for various reasons, it's still possible, some of these things. So like, for example, you can be a sole shareholder um, and just basically not have any employees. And if you live frugally, you can point this, you can save a lot of money here if you want to. And for, for somebody who is young and or inexperienced in business, who doesn't know exactly how to make profit, or who is not predominantly interested that much in making a lot of money right, right away, this is a very good place or field to experiment with business. So to have different or build different businesses, because the point is, a lot of entrepreneurs get mental illness because it's hard. You have to learn and do so many things you, you don't know about um, in the first like five or six years until it takes realistically five or six years if you're completely inexperienced to, to, to have, to start and to have a functional business. This is the time, this is why Estonia is really good. You can experiment here, you know, with all kinds of different business models and fail repeatedly in this kind of climate. So um, that's, 
is very beneficial for people who want to avoid getting burnt out too much and basically ruining themselves while they're learning how to do business. That's so interesting. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I think when you think of, you know, all the different countries and rules and regulations and taxes and visas and, you know, then on top of it, trying to start a business, there's a lot to unpack and a lot to uncover. And there, again, to your point, so many rules to figure out. So I'm glad you were able to share that. Thank you so much. And in terms of, I want to get into your tours because I find them really interesting that you've combined entrepreneurship with a walking tour, right? A lot of times you do a walking tour and I think of history, you know, you go and you see the beautiful buildings or you're seeing where something happened, you know, at that very moment, or you do a food tour and you eat food, right? But to do a walking tour and entrepreneurship, what made you come up with this idea and how do you format this type of tour? Because it's just so interesting and I'm, I'm intrigued to know and I'm sure the listeners are as well. It it wasn't easy, but I am both an artist and a business person. So creativity comes naturally. The problem was how to put this into a form, how to pour this into some kind of usable format. It started by me working in a 20-hour e-commerce job, being very unfulfilled because I miss people. I'm an ENFJ type, so I'm literally a people person. I need people around me. This was before COVID, so in 2019, and somebody asked me to do German tourist tours because they noticed somehow, I think, by Facebook that I'm a German speaker. And I was like, okay, I've been an arts guide before my business studies. So I I come from a highly artistic and sophisticated family. So I learned these historical facts, etc. very fast. So I did that for a while and um, learned a lot about, you know, the different buildings you would pass by, the the general history of Estonia. I was trying to do these tours because as as an entrepreneur with a disability, it is generally as a very heart-centered person, it's extremely hard to live in Estonia. So this is the downside. The positive side is the business side. The other side is that it's not a very social place. So... While I was doing these tours that I greatly enjoyed with all these foreigners, mostly Germans at the time, I was thinking, you know, about me, other entrepreneurs, their situations that I saw around me. And I knew that lack of connection was one major issue here. So I thought, how can I combine this? How can I create something where I get to meet fellow minded people um, and at the same time help them? and prepare them somehow for the things that I had to learn the hard way. Um, I mean, being, being part of a different culture is, 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 can sometimes or very often be a challenge, but I've lived in different countries and I've never experienced a similar pro- problem before. And I just saw a lot of people suffer. And so I thought, well, you know, to optimize these tours for myself, I'd like to have English speaking guests. I'd like to really give them th- a fully rounded picture, like the good and the bad. And I'd like to share my knowledge. Um, and I learn fast and I learn a lot. So, And I'm interested in everything around me. So, yeah. And the way I, I created this experience was then, okay, I knew the town. I knew the, 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 the map. I knew what different places signi- were, were like um, or signified throughout history. So there are certain places within Tallinn that are more significant or have been very significant uh, for the economic history, 
there are certain places that are more significant for like, I don't know, town history, uh, artistic history, whatever. So I chose the places that have meaning when it comes to, you know, the business related side of things. Of course, I also knew the incubators in and around town um, because I'd been to some hackathons and being part of an incubator. So I, I just combined that and my luck, there are quite a few places in Old Town, so in the city center, that can be reached by foot. So I basically take people from like what I would consider the business center of, of town to the modern um, seat of startup culture, which is Teleskivi. Uh, but it's basically where the modern day startup scene is, is sitting. So, so that's how I combined this. But it required uh, significant knowledge and it required interest in people and structures and the culture. Sure. I think that makes sense. And I can only imagine how much thought process, right? I think naturally when I think of net, like connecting with people, I think of networking, right? A networking event and trying to get people together. But to your point and just the little I know of Estonia, it seems like it's more of a city where you kind of go in and out. So the fact that you're able to offer and elevate your experience to not just say or be a networking event, anybody could do that, but you're offering a walking tour on top of it to actually show people around where to go and what to see and what to do. And in part of your tours then, so you mentioned you start in the old city. Do you have an itinerary of where you walk around? Is it different every tour? I just want to understand how it works for somebody who's interested in doing your tour. I have a basic itinerary and that is in old town, but um, I have done, I mean, some tours are just vastly different. So like, for example, one time I had an Australian couple and at the same time they were screening Uxavik, which means unicorn, which is like the movie about the startup scene in Estonia. And they were by accident, and I knew about this event, they were screening it next to another major tech district, which is outside of central town. So we just discussed it. And I thought, and I said, like, look, you know, I mean, you basically just want the information, you're not that much interested into the general culture. So why, why don't we do the tour in another district entirely? And when we're done, we can then watch the movie. So that's what we did. And it just fit perfectly. So sometimes, I mean, it's very spontaneous as well. So like, for example, I've had people that told me after like 10, 15 minutes, yeah, I'm not so interested in, you know, the cultural, historical, economic background. I'm just interested in this and that. And then we just decided on a whim when I had time to go somewhere entirely different that would suit them and their interests more. I usually ask people beforehand, but not all of them I have time to answer or want to answer. So it's it, I, you have to be very spontaneous. But essentially, yes, I have a set itinerary. And while we and there's uh, there are like passages where we just walk for 10 minutes because there's nothing to see. And I usually use that time to dive deeper into the questions that the person has. Sometimes also it's like it's, it's mostly a mini consultancy. But in, and th this is really how I built this thing i wanted it to be a consultancy on two legs so it's not like a tourist tour so much it has that I, it can be that because i have the knowledge for it but most of the time it's a consultancy because people essentially want to found a business and if they already have a business they, they have some more questions they want to get networking contacts etc and for that at the end of the tour they get uh, an Airtable database link 
and it's a quite comprehensive database with broad mixture of unusual things to see in Estonia, everything from unusual co-working spaces, meeting rooms, um, some tourist sites. Most of it, though, is related to incubators, events, um, facilitators within the startup uh, and tech and business scene. That's a fantastic thing to give away, by the way. A lot of times when you do a walking tour, right, you don't really get anything. It's like a thank you, see you again, maybe someday. So the fact that you're able to offer your tour as a mini consultancy, but at the end, you're able to give people such valuable information. That's just vital, right? I think that's everything when you think of business. It's your network and knowing who to talk to. And so in terms of Estonia and starting a business there, what are the top three to five businesses then that are the quote unquote, I'm going to say most successful that people have had when starting a business in Estonia? Of course, everything that has or requires some type of digital. So, I mean, literally that the top industries are health, financial, and um, IT services. So everything within those sectors is usually very successful. Also, construction is pretty good. But, but I mean, Estonia is known for digital. So th- there's a lot of fintech. There are a lot of um, marketing softwares. There are things like, uh, well, fintech for, for once, like TransferWise is an Estonian company. Then uh, marketing CRM softwares like Pipedrive. Skype technically, yes, it's in Estonia, was built here, is not really an Estonian company because uh, I think the founders were like Danish. But uh, yeah, it was built here. Um, so from this, you can see like, already that it's 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 a fintech thing it's a software country these are the most successful com- types of companies here there's also the, the the funding that exists is always targeted at does it have a technical edge can you scale it can you grow it if, uh, effectively and yeah of course digital it has to be digital so the times when estonia was was like a food and and clothes producing uh, or agricultural place uh, are long gone. So, yeah, most successful businesses have to be digital businesses. That makes sense. If you're saying you're a sil- the next Silicon Valley, right? I think it makes sense to be more of that digital tech type of industry. And in terms of actually the people going to Estonia, can you tell me about some of the people that have gone on your tour or some of the people that? have done your tour and have actually successfully started a business there? I don't need names particularly, but just to give a sense to people to have an idea, right, of what other people have done and other experiences that you've had? Yeah. Um, As I said before, it's pretty broad. Why is that? I know that I have created a fairly unusual format, but for me, this is a side gig for a reason. It's a side gig because I like people. That's also why these tours go relatively deep. I like. I want to enjoy this. It would be scalable, absolutely. Um, but then I would have to choose a niche and niche it down and market it properly. I have not as yet wanted to do that. So my the, the clients that I get are pretty pretty much any age group and everything. I mean, I think the youngest I had was 22. And the oldest I had, I I don't know the exact age, but 60s. So um, it's pretty much like, what is it? It's like four generations of people. I get everything from very rich VIP clients, even though funny enough, the 
most famous people I've had, and they all kind of find me. I don't know how, but I always get like the special cases, but the special special types of people is like I, I had them via the ordinary tours, but uh, as a locafy, as a local guide, not my own tours. I did have substantially rich people, like for example, um, rich Swiss people are looking constantly looking for places where they can save more taxes, um, which is not necessarily the reason why I do my tours. And then I have digital nomads, of course, a lot of them. I have quite a few Americans, Australians, some British people who are looking to, well, in the case of Australians and Americans, looking to open their first European business. And they just want to know how it works with the visas um, and, um, you know, just generally how to open a business. And so I explain the systems to them. Um, I explain to them where to go for the different types of consultancies because there are some free types of consultancies that uh, the Estonian or the city offers to, to foreigners. So I, as it's a broad mixture of people from every, everyone from young to old, yeah, mainly digital nomads or people who are fairly new to business and established entrepreneurs that are have very, very successful businesses. I love that. And I'm glad you said that in terms of age groups. That was kind of the age range I was thinking, kind of early 20s to mid to late 60s-ish. I feel those are the prime quote-unquote years of work. So that would, to me, make sense why somebody would go to Estonia as a working individual, more or less, either starting their own business, wanting to start a business, grow their business, whatever it is. Another question I have for you is, what's one of the biggest challenges for anybody starting a business in Estonia? You've said a lot of great things that seem to make it easier, but I'd love to know some of the challenges to starting a business in Estonia. The challenges will very much depend on your background and your personality type. For somebody like me, who prioritizes emotion, connection, and these things, the major challenge would, would be the emotional factor. So it's very hard to connect with locals. It's not a very good place to be if you, if you need a lot of exchange. So if you're an extrovert and very emotion-based, it's, it's tricky, especially if you want to do business in Estonia and not just have a digital business that gets clients from all over the place. For somebody who um, would be an established entrepreneur and wants to you know, make more money, um, find a cheap, available like workforce that speaks English. Estonia is great. However, you the, the problem there would be like um, if you're already a big business, you would need a de decent set of contracts in the local language. And Estonia is only spoken by about 1 million people. It's a very old language. So this, this would be one major challenge. Um, the business regulations wouldn't be that much of a challenge. I think finding a good accountancy or a good accountant is would be one challenge for like the established entrepreneurs. Um, yeah, so I, I would say like accountancy and the language issue for established entrepreneurs and the fair lack of emotional connection and the difficult weather <laughs> because Estonia has very funky weather and even more funky now since since you know since the effects of climate change have have kind of like taken effect so um th these these are the main issues i would say because as i say like opening a business is so fa is fairly straightforward especially if you know how to approach it there are more and more resources for that online so you know with a little bit of help that's easy to do but 
yeah, getting local clients. If if you want to have local clients like Estonian companies, that is probably biggest challenge for both types of entrepreneurs, the young ones and the established ones. Very interesting. There's so much to unpack there, but I think you've given so many helpful tips for people to understand at least a basic level of how it works, because I think every country has their own rules and regulations. And of course, those change over time. So it's it's good to have an, at least an idea, right, of what you're getting into. So I love that you said that. And I, and I would like to actually go into the weather for a second. When is the best time to go to Estonia? I know that you mentioned the weather's kind of funky, but is there a quote-unquote good time, off time, bad time, great time when people should go and even check it out? Well, there's actually two good seasons. I mean, the main tourist season when it's warm is between, I would say, end of April to end of August, end of September, depending on. Um, there is the, the Tallinn uh, Christmas market is regularly in the list or used to be regularly in the list of the top 10 Christmas markets in Europe. So it's also a very beautiful time to come to and a very act or used to be a very active time for when you're part of the startup scene or into technology to come around November, December, January, because they're the, the majority of the, the big events are, are like there's the Techstar Startup Week in November usually. And then you have like Tardu startup days in January. So these three months are also very good. It really depends. It depends on whether you really just want to see the place as a tourist and you prefer warm climate, then you have to come in spring, summer. But yeah, the, the off times are definitely somewhere between, I would say, October. September, October is not very great. Um, February, March. These two months aren't very great either. But if you're a business tourist, it all doesn't matter because if you want to find out about the country, I mean, Old Town is like, you know, Estonia has so many beautiful sites like these fairy tale castles. Um, so if you're just here for a few days to check out the place and to find out or try to find out if this could be interesting for your business, you have enough beautiful things to see and at the same time can just figure out the place per se, because it's not so much tied to the classical tourism where everything needs to be light, warm, beautiful for most people, you know. So it's so for my tours, I pretty much get bookings throughout the year. But yes, during tourist season, which would be like summer, uh, like June to August, it's, it's usually the most of them. And then again, around Christmas time. And these are the times I recommend people to come. That's good to know because I think a lot of times people's schedules, you know, depending on your life, whether you're single, you're married, kids, you know, retired, older, whatever it is, it's good to note the different times that you should go and maybe shouldn't go, right? I think that everybody's got a different calendar when it comes to travel. So I'm really glad that you said that. And I have a couple more questions, kind of, you know, before we kind of slowly wrap up here. But one of the questions I had is, I kind of want to go back to the people because my theory is the people make or break a place where you go or you visit. And I've been to some places where the people weren't so great and it kind of had the effect of how I felt about the city, right? And same with maybe I didn't, I wasn't crazy, crazy about a place, but the people made the difference. 
Is there anything else that you recommend people should know when going to Estonia? Something to maybe be aware of, something to just have an idea, maybe certain mannerisms that if you're going to Estonia, just to be aware of or be courteous of? What you have to be aware of, and this is no matter what the tour looks like or what we decide on doing, there's one thing I always do, and this is something, unfortunately, that the classical tour guides don't do most of the time, and it's vital. So I have a laminated, simple version of this of the Estonian history timeline that I explain to people, and I explain it to people why. It's very visual. It's very it has a lot of colors on it. And just from the amount of colors on that timeline, you can see how many different cultures have been here because Estonia has been occupied all the time since since 12, 1200. And um, most of the time, the people of the country um, didn't have their own flag, their own culture, their own language. So like German was the main language here for hundreds of years and then Russian or both. So... <clears throat> What you need to know, Estonia is a patchwork of cultures. This will become very apparent if you just walk through town as a tourist. It is a, a patchwork uh, of cultures, and Estonia had a lot of, um, let's say, like crises or like uh, moments in time where they had like ruptures or breaks. So since they freed themselves from from the Soviet regime, they have grown very fast and economically. However, the emotional culture has not developed as fast. Um, you have a lot of multi-generational trauma in the culture or in the, the whole, it, it, it's there, it manifests in alcoholism, it, uh, which of course isn't being, um, isn't, isn't made better through the, you know, the long darkness and the, 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 the cold winters. Mm. So there is social isolation. There is a lot of trauma that doesn't get dealt with, um, that manifests in various ways. And there's a lot of mobbing, not just for foreigners, but also within Estonian culture. I know this from various accounts from friends. So, but that's not how it is here, not like all the time. It really depends on your background. It depends on what you do and how you do it to for you to avoid these things. Sometimes you can't avoid it. Like if you're poor and an ordinary person, you will not be able to avoid it for most of the time. If you're somebody very rich and you just want to have a subsidiary in Estonia, you can free yourself from all these things very easily. If you have a little bit of money and you get your clients from outside of Estonia um, and you try to, you know, you have some of my, my recommendations, like for example, and where to look for friends at the beginning so that you have a, a stable, healthy friend circle before you start approaching locals, um, then then you should be fine as well. So I would I would say it it really depends in Estonia. You have the young people who are often very internationalized, like students, people in their mid twenties. They will be very open and friendly. You have a lot of people on the countryside that are lovely. Yeah, so this, this idea, when I came, I had this idea that Estonia is this place of unicorns and fairies. Yes, they look like that. Many people here do. So if you're into <laughs> blonde and blue-eyed, I mean, for, the, for, for yeah, a lot of, there is, literally, there is also some marriage tourism here, like, no, no kidding. Because wow. if, if you're really into, like, fair-skinned, uh, blonde 
blue-eyed or you know kind of like like ladies then this is definitely the place to go uh for for some people but i mean there's a very beautiful dark-haired ladies as well and they're not just russian they're also estonians with dark hair but the point is <laughs> like estonian women are known for their 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 great beauty and yes they are but this image uh, that some of them have of themselves and that you get that that gets like transported via their general pr is like that of these beautiful, peace-loving, hippie kind of like fairies. Uh, that's very often very far from reality. However, um, most of my friends are from the countryside, and they now live in, in Tallinn. Uh, that's for a reason. <laughs> because um, if you grow up in the smaller towns, um, you are not exposed to these major how would I say, like clashes of cultures and clashes of conflicts that you have in, in Tallinn. Tallinn is a growing city that has had to adapt very, very fast. And like in a scale up, you know, like if you're a startup, there will be a lot of conflicts and a lot of like nasty things happen because people are overloaded. So that, that part you can understand and then add to it um, a country that has, has ha only had its own identity for, say, like 60 years altogether, like the First and Second Republic. It within within or since since to twelve hundred roughly, that is is a difficult mixture, and so I would recommend if you come here to have bring or found your slowly found like a stable supporting friend circle, so that you're like emotionally well taken care of, and then you can start exploring and making local friends, and if they're young. In, say, 80% of the times, you will not have issues. These people speak English very well. They're inter fairly international. They will have studied. Many of them will have studied at university. Um, the problem is just the older people. And let me just say it like this. And let me say this on this podcast, okay? I'm not naming names. But <clears throat> I... During the worst time in my life in Estonia here, when I was so disillusioned, I couldn't stand the whole place anymore. I went to a couple of events on Facebook. One of them is a recruiters event cycle. Some of the top recruiters in Estonia come together and you take looks at different um, companies. And on this event, I met one of the most famous and most established and older recruiters, in, uh, Estonian recruiter. And... She had to be drunk to be outspoken. She was quite drunk. Um, and I was like, I was coming to her with all my issues. And she was like, she said to me, look, what do you think? I've worked with the Russians and I worked with the Estonians. Who do you think are the CEOs at the top of the major companies in Estonia right now? These people who after the war, after the Soviet occupations were the biggest fill in a nasty word um, <laughs> because I swear too, too much and I try not to swear the biggest um, who um, were like you know this kind of el elbow type of personality who didn't give a crap about other people who were willing to do whatever it took just to make money these people are now at the top of the stoning companies they're in the 50s and 60s and that's the thinking you know that that, that permeates many of the of the established big companies um so yeah and and uh, people like i say like 35 40 and and older 
they, they, they have their own trauma that very often they couldn't deal with because it's not being spoken about. It's not, there's not much done about it. Their new government now lets in all kinds of foreigners because they need the skills. They're a small country. They have all these uh, entrepreneur-friendly programs, you know, um, that are good for entrepreneurs. But, you know, for, for, the, for the locals, it looks like they have another invasion of foreigners, you know, that take their jobs, that take their lives, etc. So the climate is difficult. And I feel there are not enough programs or enough initiatives to actually calm it down because, unfortunately, as I said at the beginning, it's a Nordic country. And what the Nordic countries usually have in common is that they're all very introvert and they're, and people are, isn't, or empathy or, or connection or people connection isn't their top skill. So it can be tricky here um, unless you know how to navigate and unless you, you know, make sure that you're not dependent on anything local at the beginning. If you then manage to build a healthy friend circle first with people you already know and then with uh, adding locals to it then it will eventually make everybody happy and you will be happy but it, it takes a certain knowledge you know and it's certain kind of preparation if you want to come here and settle here and live here for long term um yeah. And yeah. That's no, I, here. <laughs> no, that's so. okay. I'm, I'm glad you shared that because to me, it just sounds very insightful, right? For anybody who is seriously considering either going to Estonia for a little bit and starting a business in Tallinn or wanting to check it out and get an idea, at least they kind of know a little bit of what to expect, right? I think we can talk about it. It's another thing to be there, but to have some type of general background knowledge, I think is really important. And I have one more question before we wrap this up. And it's a question I love to, to, you know, almost ask every single episode. But in terms of your particular tours being specialized, how do you want people to feel after they experience a tour with you? Whether it's a word you want to encapsulate, whether it's a phrase, what are your expectations in terms of if somebody does your experience? Like, how do you want them to feel? For me, for the longest time, I was thinking, can I do this? Should I do this? Should I be this honest and straightforward? Is it, is it wrong of me? You know, like, and then I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard from business clients, like, this is so great. This is so honest. This is so real. You know, <laughs> I don't know how many times. And, and I'm, so I'm like, I think the thing that you will get is a fairly comprehensive overview. So you see all these beautiful things. You learn that they are beautiful, but it's not always the way it looks and that you need to sort of like develop a certain approach when you want to come to Estonia or found a business here. And um, so I think not maybe not honest, but maybe like... I think it's transparency, right? Yes. Yes. I think that's a good word. I feel transparency. People like that nowadays, right? I think people don't want the the fluff or the fake. People want to be, con- listen, I'm out, outside of New York City. We want it straight up, right? We want you to tell us the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, you know? And we want to know what expectations are. Like, don't sell me something and give me nonsense. Like, tell me what it is. I want to know. And the fact that you're able to be not only approachable, but knowledgeable and being transparent in what you do is what makes the world go round, right? It's people like you being a little bit more honest of what expectations are. So I really appreciate that. And I I always hate to wrap these up because I've learned so much. I know the listeners are going to learn a ton of valuable information from you, Alex, because 
you really have gone into so much about business in Tallinn, Estonia, what people are like in Estonia, what expectations, challenges, because a lot of people may not know they're interested. It could be something they want to do. And the fact that you've laid out such a framework today on this episode just gives a better idea, right, of a little bit more of expectations. So I can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing your knowledge and wisdom with myself and also the listeners. I'd love for you to shamelessly plug away all your social media, your website, and most importantly, how can people book a tour with you or even book with you, right, on any of your ventures? Yeah, my tour is called Tallinn Business Walks for Entrepreneurs on Airbnb. It's very easy to find. Just type in Tallinn on, as in experiences on Airbnb and you'll find it, but you will also see the link. Um, yeah, by all means, I'm always happy to, you know, get more new clients and meet new people for the tours. Um, and um, I might just be gone occasionally you can't you can't like you might not always be able to book me because it will depend i have a big flash mob project coming up next week where we travel to different european countries uh, next week next year where we travel to different uh, european countries with my ngo for flash mobs um in colorful costumes but um i can't tell as yet when that's going to be because we're currently replanning but most of the time i should be available for the tours and yeah as i say like i think it will depend on your motivation, why you want to explore Estonia. But if, you, if you're if you on either side of the spectrum, like you're a young or an inexperienced entrepreneur and you want to explore doing business and practice more or less, it's a great place. Also for some startup-related um, ideas. And um, if you're somebody who is established and who is looking for just a different country for a subsidiary, and uh, that is fairly tax um, friendly, then this is also a very good place. So yeah, just go book my tours. What else can I say? Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Alex, for coming on. This has been absolutely fantastic. And again, I I can't thank you enough. I've learned so much and I know the listeners will as well. Thank you so much for tuning into Travel Experiences Reimagined podcast. Click the subscribe button to learn about a new tour guide or host each week, where you'll find out more about how they got started, talking in detail about their experience, and any fun facts or tips that they'd like to share. Do you have an experience that you would like others to learn about? Whether it is a tour, excursion, adventure, or experience, fill out our form online on our website at www.travelexperiencesreimagined.com for a chance to share your story and experience so others can learn more about what you have to offer. 